With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. What's up, Jake Elkins? How are you, sir? What's up, guys? How's it going, man? I'm all right. Um, last we saw each other, it was in passing at the wonderful world of Tulsa. And and I and Tulsa, for those of you that don't know, I'm obviously being facetious. That it Tulsa is um is a rare thing in this sport that continual continually makes me scratch my head okay and that's maybe i'm being overly it's definitely a phenomenon mm-hmm. and i i said literally just maybe a few minutes before i i was talking to you mike before we ran each other i, I was talking to um another guy and i said you know you have to just marvel at what they've created here like and and so that that's it whether there's there's plenty of criticisms that you could make and is it right, wrong, healthy, and different? But, dude, it's a spectacle. And, to be, I mean, no matter what, there's a nod, a feather in the cap, nod of respect 100% to the Roller family and, and everything that is the world of wrestling out there in Tulsa because Tulsa is now a special place in the wrestling community because of what those guys done, have done. So, I, you know. Yeah. I, I, I bow, <laughs> you know, so it is There's what a whole lot more you can do because you're right. It is. It's a spectacle. Um, you know, before we get going too far deep into this, um, Jake Elkin, Ironclad Wrestling, um, go ahead and plug anything you'd like to before we get started. That way we can kind of move on. Uh, yeah, appreciate it. So we run, uh, I, I run Ironclad Wrestling in Birmingham, Alabama. Uh, we, yeah, we have a club like everybody. We do a huge youth thing, which I think is maybe a little unique from other clubs. But then our the big push that, that we have that I think really distinguishes us and, and really my where my passion is is what we call Ironclad Methods. So we've created some really cool stuff that's really unique in the coaching space. And we're we're really focused on like training and developing and higher levels of, of thought and everything as far as wrestling goes for everybody else. So you can find all that stuff. We have subscriptions and all that stuff. Ironcladmethods.com. Check out courses, all the best things. Uh, yeah, it's all out there. Appreciate it. Well, here's the thing, right? So Joel and I were kind of kicking back and forth the idea of talking to some coaches across the country. And I said, in my head, I was like, well, who are the best coaches around the country that maybe don't get, like everybody knows Jody Strip Matter is is one of the best. And there's, But I think that there's like a handful of guys like you that are the best in the country that really don't, aren't, aren't busted through yet. Right, you got a couple yeah. world teamers, right? U seventeen, yeah, world U seventeen world medalist, uh, not last year, year before, and like there are cats around the country like Zach Dominguez that maybe people don't know been at this game for a long time, and have really cemented themselves in the wrestling space. Maybe people don't know about things that are going, and it's and and, and part of it is geography, right? You're not percent. In the biggest wrestling hotbed in in the country, but that seems to be changing. 
right? Like, let's be let's be honest, right? Like, before Cliff and Lee, yeah, Georgia pioneers, was a, dude. They 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 weren't exactly a, a the hotbed of wrestling that they are now because Georgia's for real. Yeah, it's the real deal now, hundred percent. Yeah, we drive across state lines and you get real good wrestling all of a sudden. It's it's pretty dope. Yeah. So so tell me what it's like for you coming up in Alabama, going back to Alabama, and getting people like commute the community there to buy in to something that seems to me is probably always going to play a second fiddle to football. <laughs> Dude, at least second. It's more like fourth or fifth or sixth, I guess. I'm, I'm now we're fighting field hockey. I'm like, what is field hockey, dude? Get out of here! Get, get that negativity out of here, man. I can't deal with that. <laughs> but uh, yeah, man. So Alabama's different. I always tell people like it's, you know, it's not like coaching in Iowa or. And, and there's been, I tell you, th- this place has been the demise of a bunch of coaches who who came in young bucks and hot and zealous dudes who are really good wrestlers and. Wrestling, being an athlete and a coach are, are, are separate skills, anyways. I think everybody here knows that. But, but uh, some dudes who knew wrestling, and there's like, they were getting pissed and having like more. There, it was really a problem because there was this gap between like their knowledge and the buy-in of athletes, and they're like, "Don't you freaking know? Like, I know what I'm doing, you know." And it, it's really, it's a weird thing because somebody comes in and thinks, "I'm, I'm just going to treat this place like I would Pennsylvania or Iowa or wherever I'm from," and it's. Very different, man. It's very different, and so it's very unique in the way that you get to treat athletes, and and you can't press on them because they're just going to go to the lake, bro. Like there's a lake, twenty minutes away. I don't care where you live, you know. And so, um, yeah, it's just different, man. There's not wrestling culture, and so we're pretty obsessed with instilling wrestling culture and and trying to create not just something, but but the right things. You know, there's there's a little bit of wrestling, but it's a little more like wrestling than it is wrestling, you know. And so we have to like. <laughs> Can you please, for the layman, because I know exactly what you're talking about, sir. Um, th- can you explain to them the difference between wrestling and wrestling? Wrestling Ra- is a little more like what you get at the county fair. It's like what you get out in the outskirts. They have a whole bunch of folks get together on a on a really nice wrestling mat, maybe some resolite, you know what I'm saying? And and they just they just sort it out. And and I don't know that there's a whole lot of technique involved, but there's a whole lot of um there's a whole lot of sorting it out. Yeah. You know, and so they could they could use they don't like fervor or passion for the sport. They, you know, it's it's more on the technical side. Good people. I got some relatives that are probably there. You know, what I'm saying like I grew up that way. We're just trying to change it. You know, so, that, so, that, uh, that's not easy, Jake. No, that's man, it's it's a, and we usually you know the the I think the most painful thing is like you go to tournament. And I mean, we know all the officials, most of the officials used to wrestle for me or something or on a national team with us. And, and so they know if I'm talking about the rules that, Hey, like you messed up the rule. Here's the rule, whatever. Well, like the fans think that I'm a cheater. Cause I know the rules. <laughs> I'm like telling other people what the rules are, you know? And so it's just a little different, man. I mean, I, we grew up, that's kind of why I'm so passionate about it is we grew up in a family, first generation wrestlers, me and my brothers, and we all coach together now, but have a gym and everything in Birmingham. But we, um, we didn't know anything better. And so my dad's answer to everything was just work harder. And I think that's kind of the battle cry of wrestling, right? It's like, you just got to work harder, just work harder. And um, I got, I got sauced up. Um, I mean, you have these experiences different times throughout your career, but one that really stands out, I lost in the semis of super 32 in like 06. And I got blitzed by a guy you probably know, Mike, uh, Jamel Jones. Mm-hmm. 
Email Jones, and he he pieced me up, and I was like, I don't think work harder is the answer anymore. Like you know, like the first, like your first year, two, three years in, like when you get five years in, and you just keep doubling down on hard work, like at some point you're like, dude, the, the people aren't really outworking me. Like they're not, they're not really outworking me. Like there's something else, you know. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, you start to wonder about like the tooth fairy and stuff, you know, you're like, maybe these dudes know something that I don't know. And, and that really began as a junior in high school, upcoming senior, I guess, began, began my like obsession about technique at kind of a different level, you know, where like everybody says different things. And, um, like I remember being in a camp with, with this guy who was, we all these college uh, college kids were showing his technique and stuff. It was sick. I was like, man, this is awesome, coolest moves ever. And then there, this this coach came over and was like yelling at all of them. And was like, we're not freaking doing that. Snap down, go behind. Snap down, go behind. You know. And I was like, this dude sucks. Like, who is this guy? He doesn't even know any good. Like, what's he showing us? This dude, get him out of here. You know. Uh, I didn't know that guy's name was Tom Brands. You know. <laughs> so I was like, but you you start. When you're trying to listen to everybody about wrestling, I mean, as a young buck, and I think you know, young guys coming up in wrestling could relate, can all relate to this. That you don't really know who to listen to. Like, who you know, if we all three have a different opinion, like about a technique or a way to do a single leg, well, who's right or which one is really better? You know, so you Mm -hmm. have to you have to learn. You have to kind of get to the end of the rabbit hole to come back and make a real good decision. So I always talk about having a craftsman mindset when you're talking about technique. And you gotta have some philosophy and things that lay in behind that, and and um, yeah, I man, there's just there's just a lot a lot to that, right? And so um, you have to figure out who to listen to, you know. And and as a young, again, coming up in the South, like you didn't know who to listen to, and it's also a very different era, you know. I mean, I think the flow started like when I was a senior in high school. You know, they were passing out T-shirts at at senior nationals, and so very different era. Um, where you well, have yeah, yeah. No, look, the 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 technique of it. <clears throat> is is just such a such a I don't I don't want to say it's a small slice of the pie. Um but but what's funny there's so many of these dopes making technique videos on the internet. Oh my gosh dude do not get me we go all fair and talk about this I'm I'm not I would love to name drop privately like can you no. believe this guy <laughs> Well, here's the truth about it, right? Because, like, what makes me more um, qualified than the next guy? I don't know. Nothing at all, really. Um, I think the answer is – I don't mean to interrupt you, but I think the answer is you do the work. Like, because I spent more hours doing the work. So anybody can pull up their phone and video something and talk about it. But, like, you know, you – it, how many hours have you spent doing this, right? I mean, you have a full-time job in the world of wrestling. Like, so some guy who's 40, 50 that teaches and coaches wrestling three months a year, like how many hours does he have in the game? Because I'm spending 40, 50, 60 hours a week. And and I, that was sort of – I had some – I mean, my, Mike, you already know all this, like, but there's some imposter syndrome when you're a young buck and you're like, man, like, surely – like, they know, right? Like, do they know? I don't – I don't know. Uh, like – and then you start realizing, like, wait a second, I'm the expert. Like, you know, and and I'm saying I in the first person, but people, you know, Mike, you're you're one of those guys, right? It's like you said, there's a lot to it, and it's there's a conversation that's not really being had. Fine, I agree with you. 
does it look on my tax returns it says wrestling coach <laughs> so it's like hey man we ain't the same thing <laughs> you know like there are cats out there that are <clears throat> for sure part-timers and like but but i guess what i'm trying to say is the technique is is kind of the easy part uh it's kind of like you said who should you listen to you don't know who to listen to um i think a lot of that gets sorted out <clears throat> quickly enough to a young kid coming up today why well because you can go back and see videos of jake elkin on TikTok and on instagram from years ago i would say 85 percent of the guys out there doing technique video realize that, that there ain't no money in it <laughs> and, and like <clears throat> if that's the only thing that they're doing then they're probably wasting their time um but the the longevity and like you said the hours accrued become the 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 litmus test or the the measuring mark i mean there's i mean the first behind the dirt was shot i'm not kidding about this up by the way this is I, i'm fairly embarrassed to <laughs> this um the the first behind the dirt was shot on an iphone 4 that was propped against the kettlebell that was sitting on top of a plyo box and my dumbass didn't even have the good sense to edit out the part where i went oh. <laughs> <laughs> and that's not a joke that's the truth. hey that's how it be though you know what i'm saying that's how yeah. it be yeah so so i guess i guess what i'm trying to say but that, that something tells me that that's still floating around out there from 2009 2010 you know so yeah. like the longevity becomes the um and and this is true with club coaches too and and i want to kind of get into that um the longevity becomes your street cred i always i always kind of admired the russians um for for having putting reverence into longevity right because that when you when you bring up bubasar satiev and you bring up Brandon Slay to them, they go, who? Yep. Who? And they'll literally say, who? 100%. And the, I'm yeah, like, it's crazy. Brandon Slay, but he, he won a gold medal. They're like, mm. he beat he won But are one. they the same, though? Like, <laughs> right, he won one. And and so you can't, <clears throat> and, you know, you can't. No disrespect to Brandon, right? But but no. that's, that is 100% how, and w when they say it to you, and you're in their homeland you're like i think you might be right like it seems more yeah. true here since you bring it up hmm. yeah. Yeah. on you american might. soul i might disagree with you but For sure. man, i don't know you make a strong case right so nine versus one yeah yeah but we think about the poster boy you know brandon slay was a good looking kid he 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 you know he, he looked apart looked like an action figure like he he wore the the stars and bars pretty well you know so it's like and then there's Bugasar, who you know, who who looked like your drunk uncle, Good. you know. Yeah. But but it was the greatest of all time. He does, right? Like he looks like drunk uncle. He looks like your uncle, hundred percent. It's like, yeah, dude, he's a he's a plumber actually. <laughs> he does some electrical work. So, so I guess the the I've always kind of um, admired longevity, and I remember you taking me out for a drink in Huntsville, Alabama, 
one time and I, and I remember sitting there going all right this kid's in it for, for for real this like this dude's in it like we're in and so that was when I remember you know my immediate relationship with you kind of sparking but how did and you said it earlier how does one in Birmingham Alabama decide to have longevity in an in a industry that's not exactly prospering like you could you can open up in 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 central pa tomorrow and there'll be 20 wrestling clubs around you and you can all be successful i don't know if that's the case in birmingham alabama lots of lots of poor broke folks be trying to do that around here for sure uh man it's it's different you i think you no matter where you are you have to understand the culture right and so um it takes some stubbornness for sure but you have to be able to speak the language, right? I mean, so like I grew up playing football, baseball, and was way better. Honestly, I'm an idiot that I turned out to be a wrestling coach. Like, you know, I mean, Jesus, what was I doing? But you have to be able to go out and and <clears throat> what I I don't care where you're at. Everybody wants to fight over the cream, right? Everybody wants to fight over the cream and recruit and try to steal kids from a club and and kind of steal some clout and and go stand in the corner. Some really good guy. You, you really have to take this like origin approach where you go, hey, I'm just going to go find a bunch of kids, and and you have to have a crazy long term like plan on it. I mean, it was we we treat wrestling as like glorified PE, like hey, dude, we're just going to make you a better football player. They just start out, hey, we're just going to make a better football player. Hey, we're just going to help you with baseball. We're just going to help you with those things, and then they slowly, you know, like hey, I'm going to do this instead of playing basketball, and then um, that turns into you know, hey. Johnny's kind of small. Like, I don't think he's going to play football this year again in middle school. He's an eighth grader and he weighs 115 pounds. And we just don't think he's going to be six foot tall. So you, you get that kid. And now because you've had a, you've built a little bit of a foundation with him, you, you know, obviously, I mean, you understand the, the, the math over there afterwards, right? But that you get the kids that stick around. And then what I think is really most empowering is now we have, you know, you have some success stories. You have some kid who went from, he lives in the middle of nowhere, armpit of Alabama, and then he signs a big scholarship or is getting interviewed by the news crew because he had an undefeated season and, you know, beat a bunch of kids that are terrible, but he's got some clout and they're like, well, I think I want that, you know. And if you weigh 100 pounds and you play football or baseball, like, you don't get a chance to do that. And so it's there's, there's something super, you know, like gravitating, like, dude, that little ugly kid is getting interviewed by the news crew right here and he was a dork, you know, 18 months ago. And now here he is on on Fox 6. And so I think other kids just are kind of drawn to that. It's it's very – wrestling is incredibly entrepreneurial, right? And so you just go, dude, I want to do that. And then there's really not a lot stopping you short of access to some training and the willingness to do the work. And so you just kind of sell them on that, man. It, it slowly turned into – cool. I mean – Everybody loves wrestling, dude. You just gotta you gotta be able to talk to them in a way that they understand, and then when they can see the the dream, they're in. So, culture—that's how you build culture, in my estimation. It's 100%. not it's not by putting on a pedestal your top athletes. It's by putting on a pedestal your middle of the road athletes. I think that that and and like that's. And like I think you said it, that's really hard to do. Um, with the old school mentality of like, look at this show pony that I've created, and and like that's not where it's at, and that's not like my my greatest 
achievement as a wrestling coach, no, none of you would ever know the kids' names. Like none of you would. Like you'll never know their names. They're they're PE teachers in, you know, Central New Jersey right now. They're not mixed martial arts fighters in the you know in the UFC. They're, they're, they're like Anthony Kassar was going to be pretty good whether he came to my club or not. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> like like something tells me. Yeah. Wait yeah, a second. Think, you mean to tell me that it wasn't whatever? You're like, well, what's funny about that? What's funny about that is I get a lot more credit than I should for a kid like Kassar because he came to me late. He came to me late in high school. It's not like he came up through my program, but he didn't qualify for the state turn. He didn't qualify for the state tournament until That's he started coming to my club. Now, I'm going to put that on pause and tell, tell you this. He also hit a seriously beautiful growth spurt right out of the <laughs> well, also listen, You can't fault the guy for being on time, you know? <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly right. Right? So, like, but, but, like, if you just kind of look at it on paper, like, Mike's the man. No, Mike is not the man. Um, uh, so, That's pretty but, cool. But, yeah, but there's a kid that I can remember, Jake Elkin. I, I had to teach this boy how to skip those are the most rewarding ones right like absolutely you go dude nobody wanted this kid no and what's funny is how quickly everybody forgets that like i mean we have some kids right now that everybody's fighting over and i'm like dude i remember when nobody wanted to work with that kid like mm -hmm. everybody's like that's he's not worth my time for a private lesson or mm -hmm. like i'm not going to free like dude he's gonna have to figure it out and and when you go target that kid that is kind of the, you know, the dog that would be at the pound and, and you turn him into, to, you know, a champion, like that's, that's pretty, to me, that's really what's most fun because the, like, dude, that's how you change a kid's life. You know what I'm saying? I mean, mm -hmm. did I, I mean, I sucked at wrestling. I was terrible, dude. Like I was terrible. Anybody who, who looks back and talks about how great they were is, is mistaken. I remember being terrible. It wasn't that long ago. You know what I'm saying? Like, luckily some coach looked at me and was like, he kind of works hard. Like he ain't, he ain't so good looking, or you know, he ain't so he's so sharp. But like I think we could we, we could work with that, you know. And I mean, I think that's the thing that should be championed. And in, in this, I was talking to Jared Lawrence a couple of days ago, and he was talking about that with his kid. He's like, you know, he's talking about the PNL stuff and whatever. And he was just like, like we're not trying to send every kid to to college to wrestle, but like if a kid learns how to be a hard worker, how to be successful, he learns this model for success. And then goes on to be successful in anything else. Like that's a huge W. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I, I've got a kid right now. Ivan. I would call him Drago. He looks like Ivan Drago. He's he's crazy. He's a freaking huge dude. And he's gonna play football at Air Force. And I mean, I would love to, you know, put him in college and see what he would do as a as a wrestler, right? But like, the dude's going to Air Force. Like, and he's gonna play football. What a huge win. You know, it's hard to look at that. Or, or one of my favorite kids is is a kid who graduated from West Point and didn't wrestle at all in college but i mean and and i don't know i think his parents probably give me like you said they give you a little too much credit you know like i i think his parents are good friends of mine and they they credit me more than than they definitely should but like will will say because of wrestling like i dream bigger and want wanted to go do these things you know and yeah, he's graduated from west point like that's pretty freaking sick and that's so pretty that's pretty that's, sick. yeah it's way cooler than me you know what i'm saying like yeah. that's yeah, like he he will have far better 
far better. Maybe he'll be a donor one day, you know. <laughs> let's, be, let's be honest, you and I, like you said, we chose poorly. We, cho- we chose to live a, a monastic lifestyle. That's um, right. So, so, how do you? Well, all right, let's let's uh, let me rephrase. We talked about the culture buying in. We talked about the technique, and it's kind of easy. What other things about starting a club in an area that isn't Western PA or Central New Jersey? What 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 are what are we? What am I not thinking about? What am I? What what advice could you give to someone that is starting a club in? I don't know, um, New Mexico, that that they they can't get from me because I started a club in, in in a wrestling hotbed. It was simple. I had to open the door. I mean, you know, I had yeah. to open the door. I had to build street cred and, and and mat cred in 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 certain respects. But what am I not thinking about the most when I'm opening up a school in New Mexico? Um, I think the number one answer is you gotta you gotta find you have to create advocates and turn those guys into leaders, right? So you gotta go find the right people. Don't go searching for wrestling people. It's not even like first off, you're probably not gonna find one. And if you do, who knows if he's the right guy? Like the right guy is is a character, integrity, outgoing, wants to be a part of the something, right? And and then you can honestly like learning, like you said, technique is the easy part. You can learn the wrestling thing, dude. Like, but you got to have the right people. Um, if you're if you have the wrestling part right, and you have the wrong people, the whole thing will it'll all collapse at some point. Three years, five years, six, seven years is you know you'll be you'll be trying to hold it together, and it'll all implode. You got to or or explode. You got to have the right people, and so start with like quality leaders and and turn them into advocates for wrestling let them see what is so special about wrestling whether they have ever wrestled before or not and and as they become advocates for you they're gonna their influence and who they are like that their reputation in communities will spread like fire and they'll they'll bring in five seven ten kids with them and they'll bring in five seven ten kids and so don't be um no i mean be patient but find the right people and and it's that sounds so cliche to find a quality integrity all things no, but it's not that's the rare part you know yeah that's wonderful yeah. you go about finding those people obviously uh you know yeah uh, is that through personal networks is that through you know connections of, of friends how do you go about finding those right people uh within your network so we're in a i mean like i'm i'm i live in my hometown or whatever now right i'm, I'm moved back to my hometown from birmingham and so um, <clears throat> some of those people are going to find you, to be honest, when you start doing your thing, some of those people are going to find you and you're not even going to know how or why this guy showed up, but you're like, what's up, dude. Um, but then when you start getting really intentional, you need to go find who are the leaders in other sports programs, right? So like, don't try to recruit all these year round kids day one, like go find kids that play football, baseball. And in, in our case, maybe it's another sport wherever else you live. But for us, I go find football and baseball players and go talk to the guys who are leading some of those teams. Hey, man, what's up? What's your name, dude? You know, take them to lunch. Go talk to those guys and just tell them who you are, what you're about. Find out about them. Don't ask anything of them. Just get to know them, right? And, man, what's up? You're coaching this football team. What's the deal with your – you know, why are you passionate about football? What what got you here? 
And as they start telling you about themselves, then you you figure out who they really are. And, and again, you're kind of finding out, man, this guy, he don't need this. Like he's out here volunteering and taking time away from his family or whatever. Like this guy obviously cares about kids, you know, and in a, in a meaningful way, not in a way that's like, oh, about the kids or, uh, you know, th- there's two phrases, grow wrestling and, and about the kids or for the kids. And I freaking hate both of them because they're 100%. They, they, I mean, first of all, the people that toss those around don't know what they mean. Yeah, dude. 100%. They don't know what, boy, I'm keeping it clean for you, Joel Shaw. Boy, am I keeping it clean for you, Joel Shaw. Whoo! Don't get me started. Grow wrestling. Yeah, I, I bite my. I literally bite myself every time I hear it because I'm like, like you have no yeah. idea. You have no idea. Some of that grow wrestling stuff. Yep, that stuff's pretty good. <laughs> you can buy it like feed and seed at the store. I think. <laughs> I hate it, dude. I hate it so bad. Sorry, I interrupted you, but but yeah, no, it's you're 100 right. And and so you just got to go find those guys. I, I mean, I literally <clears throat> we have a meeting. At the beginning of the season, I mean, I so we have uh, three full time coaches here, um, and they, you know, we all wear different hats and do different things. But three full time coaches right now, and then we have like three more that are that are pretty heavily, two or three more that are pretty heavily involved. They're volunteers, um, but we have a meeting at the beginning of the youth season. So we have we have five campuses running right now that run youth wrestling, right? So, uh, and and they've all we're in all these different satellite communities, and so. <clears throat> I have a meeting with bring them on. I'm like, hey, listen, if you're a baseball dad, whatever, I try to get all the men to come in at, at, at least. And um, and I say, hey, listen, man, we're trying to raise men. I've got 99.5% boys, you know, uh, in my program. And so, so, hey, listen, we're trying to raise leaders and create leaders. Here's the deal. If you're a baseball dad, if you're a dugout dad, you coach first or third base or, or whatever, you keep the book in another sport or you help the guys on the sideline in football, like, I need you out here. And so – Year one, maybe you're just observing. Maybe you're just helping chaperone and herd some, you know, you have these little kids, it's like herding cats. Just keep them all together and just be helpful. If a kid starts crying, pick them up, dust them off, get them ready to go, you know. And, and so we have like literally like a class and we teach them what that looks like, you know. Here's the expectations. You have to you have to go through these steps and you have to go through certain training with us. And and we just make sure that they believe what, what we believe, right? Um, Simon Sinek, you know, does a pretty good job talking about those things, but you got to find people who believe what you believe. And so we explain what we believe and why we think that's the way and why other ways are broken. And people usually go, that makes enough sense that I'm, I'm with it, you know? And, and so we're slowly creating leaders and our goal is to have, I mean, I want 25, uh, 25 little teams, you know, in, in this area in like, I mean, I would love to be able to do that next year. I think that's probably ambitious. We're probably two years away from that. But we're going to create a whole community that where, you know, there's a – we've got six or eight mats down every Saturday at one location, and it's just like a baseball park. Like, you show up to the ballpark, and we play it on Saturday, you know. And so we're in the process of training leaders, and and that's what, again, while that's kind of our passion and our focal point right now is leaders and leadership is the real bottleneck in wrestling right now. And so – um we're trying to do that locally, and then we also offer that, you know, nationally and stuff too, right? But it's, I don't know, it's a cool thing, man. It's 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 a lot of fun. You got to go find those guys that are already involved, and then train them up in the way that that you need them to. I have to I have to ask you this, okay? So we're I, I'm tasked with starting something similar. Are you getting any pushback? Because like that's to me, that's a great goal is to have 
just basically form your own little little league. Like, why is that? That doesn't seem too hard, I guess. But are you getting any pushback from from local organizations like um, USA Wrestling, like a local chapter of USA Wrestling, or anything like that? We certainly will. I mean, so USA Wrestling in the you know we have a USA and AAU, and and there's like this divide and whatever, and it's it's kind of falling the way of AAU. Um, <clears throat> they don't, I mean, they don't serve, they underserve our community here in Birmingham. I mean, they, they're doing a great job. I'm not going to be, I have my own criticisms, but they're doing, they're doing a great job. So a whole bunch of volunteers, hard to say a whole, a whole lot bad about them. Right. So I'm not going to blast them, but <clears throat> our, our community in Birmingham specifically, I mean, they don't, they don't want to drive an hour and a half, two hours to a tournament. Not when you started wrestling, like they're used to driving eight minutes from their house to the ballpark for baseball or, or, or football, or whatever else. And so, that's what they're accustomed to. And so we're trying to provide that service. So like they're going to push back. They're going to give us grief. They already give us grief, like in freestyle Greco season when we don't, we, we participate minimally locally, like enough to, to support and everything. Right. But um, we'll show up at a tournament. We have 80 kids wrestling on a Saturday in a tournament that has 150 or 200, you know, and it's like, sorry guys, we're going to run, you know, we'll, so we do that once or twice and provide some, some financial support basically for the, for the organization. And then we compete elsewhere as much as possible. So we, we've kind of dealt with that in Freestyle Greco. I haven't really had to deal with that necessarily yet in, in the folk style season uh, with AAU, but we will, I mean, they'll, they will definitely have some pushback, but again, like I don't freaking care. You know what I'm saying? Like it is what it is. We can show up and wrestle. Our, our people would prefer to show up and wrestle themselves already in, in most cases, because we could do that three or four times a year and then travel on the other ones. And so, <clears throat> I mean, we have a, we definitely have a dedicated like travel squad that will travel the country and wrestle, you know, but when we're talking about local youth wrestling, I mean, we have 150 kids in our youth program right now. Like that's enough to wrestle each other, you know, and, and they can get a whole, they can get a whole lot of wrestling in a short amount of time and go home. Like there's no reason you can't show up and get a bunch of matches and be done by, by one, two o'clock and not be getting out of there at six or eight o'clock, you know? If we just cut down a three-hour round-trip drive, like, they're pretty happy about it. You know what I'm saying? And sure. so they definitely don't like it, but, you know, entice me otherwise. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's tricky, man. Uh, we're dealing with some similar stuff <clears throat> here in Southern California. You know, because while Poway, Poway is certainly is kind of cemented itself as – as a, a, a national uh, program, hundred percent. There's really not much other than Poway in our immediate area, right? So, so getting our kids to go to our local USA Wrestling folk style tournaments is difficult to say the least. My, my, my kids say, I mean, when when we have our like, so your Poway kids are are like our club kids, you know. Mm-hmm. Like getting them to compete at local tournament, they hate it. They freaking hate it. I mean, it's mm-hmm. it's like pulling teeth to get them to go there. And I'm like, hey, we need to participate. It's important. Like, mm-hmm. but I mean, we show up to Freestyle and Greco State tournament, murder everybody. And I mean, no, no disrespect. I mean, you know, no. there, look, there's there's some other guys that are good. We lose matches, but but it's a it's a. I mean, it's silly. You know, what I'm saying it's silly. Yeah, and, and and now that that's not our case on a state level, right? Like, I mean, there's some real good. Wrestling. Oh, totally. Yeah. Up, up to you know towards Fresno and then beyond up by by Joel's area north of there, it's for sure there's some legit wrestling, but like our little bubble is very much Poway. So 
so we have. I, I would love to spitball you anytime about that, Mike. Too. I mean, I, I know that you know. There's obviously a lot of that'll be a, a, probably some private conversation and strategizing or whatever. But yeah, like I'm, I'm, I'm not interested. It doesn't have to be my way. You know, I, I always say it's not my way. It's it's the way. What is best? What best yeah. serves this community? As a club leader, my job is to serve our kids. And so, what's the best way that I can serve our kids and parents? I'm going to do that. And if if you offer a product and service that I need as a state organization, then we'll do that. But like, don't keep screwing me on one hand and then be mad when I do what we need to do. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so there's a there's a balance. Well, yeah, it's it, it's tricky. And I, I really I think we're I think next for us is elementary schools. I think we got to get this as a staple in every elementary school in the town first um even if it's a six-week season like it is in our middle schools here um that should be the the intro that should be the you know are you talking about like npe classes or are you talking about a, a, a like yeah, an program extracurricular um you know so i think after school programs are a massive massive thing i mean i don't know about in y'all's area but like cheerleading gymnastics dance like the baton stuff and twirling like they do all that stuff at a bunch of the schools especially some of the more bougie schools after school it's loaded down let me walk in there i'm like what there's 100 kids in this gym what are they doing they're like oh they just finished like baton class i'm like what yeah and so i think but again to do that in order to do that and do it well you need leaders right so, so you need a couple of wrestling mats, but whatever you need, you need 20 grand, you need, you need some wrestling mats, but you really need leaders because mm -hmm. that first experience to wrestling has to be positive. And that's what I'm obsessed about is like, how do we make, like, we can't go recruit all these kids to come out and wrestle. And then they drive two and a half hours to get to a tournament in the armpit of Alabama and, and have a bad experience because the Wi-Fi is bad. You know what I'm saying? Like, or they're, I mean, they're, some of these people, I mean, are, are wealthy. You know, this this dad owns a jet, and here he is. I've convinced them to wrestle, and, you know, we're in a, a gym that seats 350 people, and it's like, and you know, it's hot and, or whatever. You're like. And you can't go to the bathroom because it grows. And they're, they're, yeah, dude. All those little things add up to the experience. The, the wife is, you know, they just had a expensive steak dinner last night and at Ruth Chris, and – here they are, and she's like, "Listen, I'm not using the bathroom in there." And now Dad's like, "Yeah, this wrestling thing sucks. Like this, this blows. You know, I, this, this is what this I wanted my son to do, but no, this, this is thing, no, this this part of a fan experience that never is addressed, never addressed, and it drives <laughs> me bananas. Now it's easier for us because we're in Southern California, and if you don't like the temperature in the gym you can usually just walk outside right? yeah. <laughs> and be fine right but like but yeah if you're in if you're in freaking minnesota right yeah and and, and you, you, you know you're stuck in a, a crappy gym and you're 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 eating crap food because that's generally what it is and you're uh you're just having a bad experience how can you blame them how 100 dude parents right and they stay there for six hours six hours is that necessary i don't think that's necessary Jerry. so so my my pitch on this is you know local like uh, for years we've always kind of taken the 
the, the cookies and try to put them on the bottom shelf. We, we were like, oh man, it, the problem with wrestling is it's too expensive. It's, it's $20 to register. Like, I mean, that's just, that's the problem. We need to make it 15. I'm like, what? Double it, make it 40 and then have good food, have some food trucks come in, do all things. I pay a staff to work the tournament, hire a high school program to come in and run the tournament and go, Hey, Y'all are going to take the day off. So, so, dude, listen, this is this make entirely too much sense. I know that somewhere, I hope someone listens to this, and they're already doing this somewhere else in America because I want to hear all the things that they have to say about it. But you could, if you if you just raise the cost of registration and you say, I mean, dude, when you buy something on Amazon, it's cheap. When I buy it locally at and, and support local, it's more expensive. It's literally more expensive. Mm-hmm. And so local wrestling, there's no reason that it couldn't be like boutique shopping. Right? It could be a small batch, nice experience. <clears throat> it could be in and out, super positive. You could, if you raise the price, I don't care if you doubled the price, if it was 40 bucks, let, let's say it shouldn't be 50, but let's say it's $40, okay? That could be a barrier to, to a few families that are going to do it. But to show up a couple times a year and have a, a, pro, a positive experience, you could hire a high school team. You could have the the high school kids officiate the tournament. You've seen a, sim- a very simple training program, which we're working on right now, to, to train the high, the, the high school kids on the rules. They're going to screw up some calls. But, dude, the youth officials already screw up calls. Who cares? They're terrible. The, the, yeah, like what's going to – those kids are going to know the rules better. Then when you correct them and say, hey, actually, you know, that's not the criteria for a takedown. It's this. You've got some somebody in charge just walking around just helping them out, a, a head official. Like now the kids are learning the rules. They're getting better at wrestling, and they're going to all of a sudden be less critical of the officials all the time. You know what I'm saying? They're, they're not going to be – like they just got better, and they can – they can all be there. They can just work for free all day long. But you say, hey, the the best official on each mat, let's say I've got two or three officials on a on a mat. Let's say I've got six mats or eight mats set up, whatever it is. Like the best official is going to make 50 bucks today. He's going to make 100 bucks today, mm-hmm. you know. And then whatever all this profit it goes to, like sit, let it go to the high school team and be a fundraiser. Don't go wash cars. Don't sell cookie dough. Run a freaking wrestling tournament. Get everybody involved. Do it for half a day, make a few G's, and like call it a day. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. There's no, it makes entirely too much sense, and n- nobody's doing it. And so, well, we are. I mean, yeah, we we do that. It's it's a it's a pretty, yeah. Like we have carne asada French fries at our dual meets, like, and they guess what? They cost twelve bucks. Roll Tide. I'm Roll- in. I'm in. So, but but do you see what I'm saying? Like I'm not gonna serve. Like Steve Neal makes pulled pork, and it's banging, right? Like he'll bring seven crockpots full of pulled pork, and we sell the crap out of them for five seven bucks a pot. Okay, and he donates all of it, so it's pure profit. So anyway, that's the experience for the fan that we laugh at. Yeah, there's also. There's no criteria for the athletes to to start to compete. I'll, I'll give you an example. My go, yeah, you're up. I'm all about this. Let's go. I think so many rec programs, so many like little mid, like kind of little league programs in each town, do such a poor job of assessing ability and talent and um for lack of a better term just uh passion towards the sport like if you're just doing this 
because your mom made you do it for a six-week program to get you out of the house. Putting you in the middle of the chaos that is a youth wrestling tournament is a terrible idea. It is a. Did you say that again for the people in the back? Somebody didn't hear you on that one, Mike. Oh my gosh, it's the worst, dude. Hey, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to send my son. Can we call it what it is for a second? It, you're half naked in front of all your friends. Bingo. And you're fighting another kid. That's exactly what I was about to say. You know, it's a great idea. Let me send my seven-year-old who's like really struggling with self-confidence, trying to figure out who he is. He's terrified. He's scared of the barking dog next door. I'm going to put him in his underwear and send him out here to fight his friends <laughs> and scream bloody murder at him. And and then videotape it and put it on Facebook. What are we doing? What are we doing? Yeah. What are we? That's You nuts. are not kidding, bro. So my, my, my nephew, they live in New Hampshire. Again, not the wrestling hotbed that that I grew up in. Okay? It's not Alabama. I get it. I get it. I guess it's, it's not Birmingham. <laughs> no, for real though. Like it's, it's yeah. Salem, New Hampshire. So she's like, uh, what do you want to do this, this, uh, winter Connor? And he says, well, I see Jack, my son on Instagram. He's wrestling. He's got big muscles. Let's do that. He goes and gets his dick kicked in by a girl. And, and, and like, they're sending me the video. I'm like, this is a bad, this is a bad idea. What could go wrong? What could what go, go wrong? wrong? You know? Uh, I don't know. I just got my butt kicked by a girl in front of all my friends. Cool. <laughs> That's my first experience with the sport. And Mike, he's like, been to, he's had six hours of practice though. Come on. Like, That's the whole thing. It's like, he's been practicing. Well, he's been practicing for three weeks. What? What? Oh, yeah, well, it's twice a week. It's Mondays and Wednesdays. I'm like, oh, crazy. <laughs> no, no, we go to the Wednesday practice too. It's 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 not required, but we go anyways. It's just it's it's mind boggling to me that like we we don't and and again I kind of get it because they do it with baseball, right? Like, you know, they go slap grounders to these kids, and then they have coach pitch. And it's like, yeah, this is kind of an extension of practice. No, like our practices look nothing like that event that you're about to drop your kid in the middle of. Man. And and tell him to swim. Go ahead. You have to paint the picture. The thing is, like, people just don't understand. Like, you have to paint that picture to parents. So when I I first started coaching, I was like, listen, the best time to do this is whenever – like. Like, I know you don't know, I know you're not really ready, but the best time to show up is when other people also don't know because, I mean, roll the dice. Your kid might win and like it, you know, like like other kids don't know either. And and then quickly I was like, you know what? That worked out sometimes. I was like, it's pretty cool, you know. But there are a few times it didn't work out. And I quickly was like, yeah, that's not the way, actually. That's, that's, that, not, the that's not the way at all. That's not and the so way. now we, I'm like, hey, listen, like, you don't – so there's there's some really interesting stuff. Uh Panone that runs Level Up in Georgia, uh-huh. he has some stat. He pulled some stats from Georgia. This is really interesting because um, this is I was just pondering this a lot. But if you don't compete your first year, I- I'm going to mess up the numbers now because that's just what I do best. But it was like if you don't compete in your first season of wrestling in in Georgia, he pulled all the stats from track wrestling in youth a year ago. Um, then. There's a 90% chance that you did not wrestle year two, which I thought was really crazy. 
if you don't compete in any in a single tournament year one, 90% chance you don't wrestle in year two. And so, but I but I really think that's probably some of the people who are going to be out anyways, right? So it includes a lot of I feel like some of the data is probably off a little bit, but but I thought that was very interesting. Um and I guess I'm just throwing it out there uh, not to, to redirect the conversation, but no, um, it's it's it, an interesting concept. Like there's something to that. And I, I haven't figured that out yet. We just talked about that a couple of weeks ago and I, I've been pondering it and I don't I don't feel confident enough that I have the solution or, or the answer. No, to I, don't it. Think that, I don't think that there is a solution. I think it's a it's a I don't want to say the word strange, but it's like a, it's an interesting number because it, it, it begs a ton of different questions. Um, I don't know what to think of that. I don't know what to, I, I have to digest it. And, and really consider it for a little while because I don't think that it's a good I think the, the, the other end of the spectrum is well almost all almost every first year wrestler is expected to compete so if the expectation is 100% and the option isn't given do you see what I'm saying? Like, yeah, you're you're on to it. Yeah, hundred percent. If there's if the expectation is that you're going to p- compete, but you didn't even meet that expectation and you didn't compete at all, then what are the chances that you really come back here to at all? Yeah. 100%. So whereas, that's where. Whereas I think, and I, I my brain lately goes to martial arts. Um, these kids that are put in at six, seven, eight years old into karate aren't. You know, they're not expected to kick each other in the head. Um, year one. So, so how many of them would come back if it was full MMA class? <laughs> you see what I'm saying, man? Like, so the expectation kind of dictates the result of those numbers. And so it, that gets tricky. And and I'd like to, to digest those, that number. Do you want it? Cause I, I, I want to, I mean, I, I think it's significant. There's, there's definitely something to it and there's a, you could pull, it's just good data. It's good data to look at and go, well, what does that mean? If there, if this is a checkpoint that's true, what, what, what does it tell us about everything? You know, so we get into that point. Right. But, but I think, I think it's important to, to say, and I'm just going to, again, we all know this, we've been talking about it, but like you have to paint the picture for these parents because they really don't understand what they're doing. So I, I, we like to, um, I tell them, listen, how about this? Like you you have to understand your, your son is not listened. Like, like hopefully you don't shout and scream at him in matches. Right. Or, or at home, I'm sorry. You don't shout and scream at him at home. Well, in, in a wrestling match, when you're trying to be encouraging, you're shouting and screaming, and like this kid's going to have a meltdown. It, it's going to be a horrible, a horrific experience, whether he wins or loses. Bad deal, right? Mm-hmm. And 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 trying to get them to relate to that, I'm like, let's let's flip it over. Like, let's take you out there. You have to have to wrestle somebody in your boxers today, okay? And they're like, all right, well, let's go. And they're they're picking out who they're going to. But I get to pick who it's going to be. And your wife's going to watch. Your son's going to watch. Could win, could lose. And they're like, uh, okay. And, and then if you give them 15 seconds to think about it, they're like, maybe that wouldn't be so cool. You know? And I'm like, yeah, now imagine you're seven. Like, you know, like, what are, what are you really doing? And so when you when you say, hey, look, uh, you got to fight that dad right now. Y'all are going to fight. 30 seconds. You, your name just got called. Let's go. And it's like, you, they start looking around like, dude, me? You know? Grown men, 40 years old. And, and mm-hmm. if you can just help them understand – then they go, you know, maybe we should wait a little bit, or maybe we could. We we've seen, I have seen, not hundred percent, 
we still have some crazies that we're that we're culling slowly, but the the level headed guys where they go, okay, I see that that's a lot, and they'll they'll cool their jets on competing so early, and they also are more calm in matches. I'm like, hey, Dad, you you got to go back there and let us let us coach him and encourage him and do all things. And when he's done, you give him a hug. You know what I mean? That's your job. And and, and that and that is boy, that is that getting tough for me. And you and I can speak about this a, a, another time, but that's getting tough for me as a as a dad. I cannot I imagine. Wait, I, I cannot wait until that son of a bitch is in, is in high school, and I don't have to deal with him at all. I'm actually not allowed in the corner at the high school matches anymore. Not anymore. Not like I did something wrong. It's just CIF. Well, it's just that one time, you know. It's just that one time I kicked the dog in the middle. No, I mean it was just the CIF rules. I'm not allowed to. So, yeah, like. How about this? We'll we'll end. I, I got one more question for you, but we'll end with this. Uh, I went to Tulsa this past weekend. That's where I saw you. Um, there's a lot of it's it's weird going to Tulsa because people like they think they know me, right? Like you do know me. We've been overseas together, but a lot of these cats are like, "What's up, man? Hey, it's good to be." I'm like, "Hey, what up?" I don't know you. Thank God I don't have that celebrity status. I I, I, I don't think I've handled that burden real well. It's like, what do you, I don't know you, dude. But there was two dads in particular that had seen me earlier in the day and said hello and took a picture and whatever it was. And then my, they, they watched me when my son lost. And he was devastated. Jake, he was so upset. He was out of the tournament. Yeah, he went four and two. I thought he did pretty well. You yeah, know? I watched him compete. He was scrapping. He looked good. Yeah, he was a scrap kid. You know, I was really proud of him. And he comes off the mat. And he's just like, there, you know, he's like, this sucks. I'm the, you know, whatever. And I go, I love you. And that was it. And I just gave him a hug. And that, like, I, I turned into dad. I took the coaching hat off real quick. Because Great that's job. not, he, he didn't need to hear, you got to move your feet. You got to move your feet. He didn't need to hear that right now. But to watch these dads watch me, I almost feel more proud of my reaction because of them. Bro, listen, that is serious right there. That's a that's a big, big, big moment because because it's what we do for a living, right? Like, dude, I have two daughters. They're they're 11, 12. I was trying to teach them to rollerblade at Christmas. Santa brought some rollerblades. Okay. Mm-hmm. Like, bro, I, I was like, I'm not, this is not gonna break me. It's not gonna break me. I'm gonna I can teach them to rollerblade and I can do it patiently uh-huh. without losing my cool. <laughs> and before it's over with my wife is like. Hey, um, I think you need to go in there and let me do this. You know, like you just can't, dude. Being able to hijack that, like I don't think you can hijack that coach, uh, coach, like parent, the 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 parent relationship, the parent bias, if you will, right? Like you can't. There, there's just there's noise in the middle, and so for you to be able to go from I am coaching you and I'm doing this well, and see that hey, this has gone badly, it, not because you did some wrong, because he yeah. lost, and go, hey, coach hat's gone. And be dad, like, dude, that is it's so high level. That's elite. That is elite, my friend. Serious nod of the cap to you. Thank you. I appreciate it because it was difficult. Because every part of me, you know, I've been a coach longer than I've been a dad. Let that ruminate. Let me let me add this too. I'm sorry, I keep interrupting you, but like, that's the example that has to be set. Like, that's that's the that's the thing that people have like need to be watching and they need to see. Like. That moment and them seeing you, 
that's the most powerful moment of the weekend for those guys, or, or I think it should I be. So. I truly hope so and, because and, I, I saw them kind of like elbowing each other on the railing. Like, he's not yelling. Hmm. Yep. Look at that. That's, that's 100%. Those are the things that should be championed about doing this thing that we do well. Mm. Oh, you, you shout and scream and yell and get kids tired at practice? Like, what? That's that's anybody can do that. Literally anybody. You know what I'm saying? Most of them do. Yeah, that's what they all do. Like, so all right, I, hey, I gotta get I gotta get moving here. Um, thank you so much for uh the insight. We were gonna we're definitely gonna do this again because I didn't I didn't scratch the surface. Dude, I have um, a million things that, that we could talk about as well. And yeah. and I I'm sure likewise. Uh this hey, is awesome. Hey, Appreciate it. Yeah, get tell people one more time how they can get a hold of you on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, whatever. Check us out. We are at Ironclad Wrestling on everything. It's not Ironclad. It's it's Ironclad. Yeah. Uh, Ironclad. And uh, at Ironclad Wrestling on everything um, or IroncladMethods.com is all of our uh, all of our training online stuff. Check it out. Joel, you got anything else for us, brother? That's it. Athleter Podcast 1 in the books. Thanks so much for coming out, Jake. Man, I appreciate you so much, Joel. Thanks, Mike. Appreciate it.